Welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast. Indeed, it is Quality Hang. I am Rod Brooks, and as always, I am joined on this podcast adventure by my partner in crime, the King of New Orleans, Mr. Marcus Osborne. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh... All right, brother. Good to see you. Good to see Good you. It's been a you, busy, man. busy, busy few days, right? Yeah, man. What happened? We went from not having anything to do to having everything to do. Golly. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, I mean, that's, that's the, the life of us folks here who are quote unquote journalists and people who talk about what's going on in the world for a living, right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I guess it's, it's similar to the restaurant industry that, um, you know, you'll just be standing around doing nothing. And the next thing you know, 50 million people come in and they all want to eat at the exact same time. And then Facts. they all leave at the exact same time. You know, <laughs> June, July, and August, and eh, nothing's happening. Then September rolls around and everything starts happening. Everything. Crazy. <laughs> uh, you want to rock and roll with this? Yeah, man. Let's get to it. Let's start as we always do with lifestyle. What you got, my man? So uh, I've been watching the news the last couple of days. I watch too much news. I, I think I didn't take too much news, uh, but I'm a junkie that way. But there is this weird thing. Apparently, the top search, the top Google search in Russia is how to break your arm at home because Vladimir Putin is essentially calling on, is not letting anybody <laughs> leave the country. He wants everybody to be able to fight in this war against Ukraine. So Katz is like, oh, I'm cool. Let me see if I can break my arm so I don't have to fight in a war. What the hell? Is it that deep? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, that, is, uh, that is a weird Google search, no doubt. I, I will assume, though, knowing what I know about Russians, which, of course, from personal experience is absolutely nothing. And so everything <laughs> I do know is either stereotypical or just flat out wrong. But uh, what I do know is that uh, Russians, like myself, enjoy the vodka. And what I do know is that when you drink enough vodka, you're going to end up breaking something anyway. So my <laughs> advice to, you know, all of the Sergeys and the Vladimirs in Russia who do not want to fight Vladimir Putin's uh, wrong war in Ukraine is just keep mm. hitting that Vodak. You know, eventually, you know, you're going you're gonna to trip and fall or you're going to walk in front of a, a car or something along those lines. So, you know, be best of luck to you. You know, the, the thing about Russia is we, I, I've kind of heard rumors about this stuff for a few for a few years now. But this war with Ukraine has really driven it home. And that is the only reason we take Russia seriously is because they have nukes and oil. Mm -hmm. And when and it gas, comes to war, gas. we only, yeah. And, and the only reason to take them seriously in terms of war is because they have nukes, because they have the shittiest army. Holy crap, they suck. I mean, <laughs> for all that propaganda and all that nonsense and all that echo chamber stuff that goes on in Russia, these cats, once that, once the tide starts to turn on them, they're like, all right, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done fighting this war. Like, there's so much abandonment going on with the Russian troops. And it, this is Ukraine. Like, Russia has all these people in the military, all these weapons. This is a little bit of Ukraine literally fighting back. And Russia thought they were going to just walk in there because they were going to overwhelm them with numbers. 
Ukraine is not playing. They're like, okay, you're going to take my house. Um, fuck around, find out. That's what it boils down to. It's insane how, how they are fighting these dudes. They are so terribly trained, those Russian soldiers. They got guns. If they don't have guns, it's pretty much a wrap. You can do your thing with them. Or, or you can demoralize them by just simply fighting back. Yeah. And after yeah. a while, they're like, you know what? I'm cool. I'm out. Let me, let me cross this border on into some other country. It's crazy. And of course, uh, the problem that Russia is currently dealing with, Marcus, as you mentioned, you know, their their actual soldiers are not necessarily even good at the job they've been tasked to do, which is go and fight for Mother Russia in Ukraine. It's that problem is going to become even more acute when you just get regular Russian citizens to come join the army. Because as you just detailed, they're Googling how to break their arms so they don't get drafted to go and fight in Ukraine. And if they do get drafted to go and fight in Ukraine, their hearts are not going to be in it. So this is not necessarily turning out great for Vladimir Putin. And of course, that situation could not happen to a better person because he is objectively terrible. So uh, enjoy that. Have a good time. <laughs> enjoy that L. Take enjoy that, L. that Enjoy that big ass L you're taking right now. And <laughs> You know, one one of my favorite things, and maybe this is terrible to say because this is uh, this is a loss of life we're talking about. But have you seen the ways that important Russians die? They're always either falling no. out of windows or <laughs> oh, yeah. or, or yeah. you know, I don't know. They're attacked yeah. by a giant bear in Gorky Park. I'm just, I'm just, I'm now. I'm just saying just <laughs> random Russian things that I know. But like, you know, people, high ranking Russians or, you know, oligarchs or whatever that are not uh, uh, in line with uh, with the Putinism of Russia, they end up finding these people dead in the most mysterious of ways. And the biggest way uh, that these people because they're they're being killed. But the biggest way that these people are killed to make it look like an accident is to either push them off of the off of uh, off of a tall building, he tried to say. Or they will meet their demise by being thrown out of an apartment window somewhere in Moscow. That is some wild shit right there. Yeah, brother. I would not. That not not a world I would want to be a part of. That's for damn sure. No, no, no. And and you know what? As black people, they don't want us there. So great. That, I don't want to be there. You don't want me there. Awesome. It's so dumb. It's so- uh, speaking of dumb, Kanye West. Uh, Kanye West oh, has, uh, has uh, been in the news lately uh, because, well, it's Kanye West and he's a train wreck. And I normally don't spend a lot of uh, energy or bandwidth thinking about or talking about Kanye West because to me, he's he's a clown. When he said sla- I, w- I wasn't a fan before he said slavery was a choice. When he said slavery was a choice, that cemented oh. what I, I, I had already known, which is. He just ain't my type of hype. I just don't like the cat. All right. Call that wrong. Call that superficial. I just never liked the cat. Even when he said the truth about George W. Bush after, uh, <laughs> on, on that, uh, on that Karina, a uh, Karina, on that, uh, Katrina, uh, uh, telethon after the hurricane that devastated New Orleans. Anywho, Kanye West is in the news, uh, and not because of his relationship with a certain comically wasted and busted, um, Kim Kardashian or his fights with Gap or Adidas. Uh, Kanye West got my attention when he said 
that he doesn't read books. And he compared reading books to eating Brussels sprouts, which actually are delicious when cooked uh, the proper way. Now, here's why I find this Kanye West saying he doesn't read books interesting. Few reasons. First and foremost, if I'm not mistaken, his deceased mother, Donda, was a history professor. Yep. Okay. Number two, Kanye West runs a somewhat shadowy private school uh, down in L.A. called the Donda Academy. He runs a school. So now let's go back. His mother was an English professor, and Kanye West runs a school. But here's what I find really interesting about Kanye West admitting he doesn't read books. Kanye West professes himself to be a man of God, all right? Mm. And he's done the Sunday service concerts. He's always talking about God, God, God. Wouldn't you think, Marcus, that if you were (laughs) truly a man of God, you would have read the most popular book in human history? And, of course, I'm speaking of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So you telling me mm-hmm. you, 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 this man of God, and you haven't read the word of God? What the fuck is wrong with this guy? And why are people, <laughs> why are people paying attention to him, listening to, consuming, buying his music, and buying his trash-ass hype, beat, hype uh, beast clothing and shoe line? This dude is an absolute clown and a fraud, yet... For some reason, we still keep letting this guy cook, and I don't understand it. Yeah, the, the cult of Kanye is a real thing. Listen, I, I, I've always liked Kanye, at least musically, and I, up until like probably like the last five years or so. But uh, generally speaking, when I when I was producing a morning show in San Francisco, uh, at, at a very popular morning show, he was the number one MC in the world. Uh, this was prior to Drake. It was Kanye, and Kanye was killing the game. I can't take anything away from him musically. He's a great producer. He has some. He has some incredible music. But you know, I we interviewed Kanye a couple of times, and I remember the first interview we had with him. He was he was all right. He, he Kanye always liked him some Kanye. Yeah, uh, he was okay. But <laughs> the next time we interviewed him was after his mom had died and um, he has never, ever been the same. He's never been the same since the death of his mom. And a lot of that, maybe that sort of triggered his, his uh, mental illness. Uh, Maybe it was always a part of who he was, but I do know that from that moment on, he became almost a completely, almost a, almost an exaggerated caricature of who he was, when I first met him and spoke to him. And God, it's so funny because I've had such mixed feelings about this dude. I am just like you. I'm driven crazy by the dumb shit he says. It, it just incenses me. But from an empathetic side, I know this dude is suffering from kind of a, a, a scrooge of a mental illness that unfortunately nobody can make you take your meds. Like nobody can force you to take your meds. Nobody can that's really kind of the scary part about his particular uh, mental disorder. Nobody can make him take his meds. Nobody can sort of even him out. 
So he's always going to be sort of a wild card day in and day out. It was weird. Because, like the, You knew from the start that that combo of him and Kim Kardashian was going to be toxic. Kudos to them for making it last as long as they made it last. It was almost 10 years. Or something. Mm-hmm. But I, the shit he says, the shit he does, the biggest thing for me when it comes to that cat is so many – he almost like black Donald Trump. Like he says a bunch of goofy shit. And no matter what he says, his cult will stand behind and support every. Just listen to what he's saying, Marcus. Just listen to what he's saying. Like, nah, man, I heard what he said. Yeah, and it but, don't make no sense. See, it, to me, and and listen, mental illness ain't no joke, and the dude is clearly manic. But here's my thing: I'm not going to listen to someone who professes to not read. Right, and and I got more, but just to start with the latest. You are you are saying I'm cool with being with being ignorant. Well, then I'm not going to listen to you. I don't care what right. you have to say. I'm the type of person that I believe people when they tell me who they are the first time. Mm-hmm. And if you're telling me that you're OK with being purposefully ignorant, then I don't want to listen to anything you have to say. That's my choice. If other people want to listen to you. Even though you're willfully ignorant, that's fine. But enough about a guy that I claim to not care anything about. Let's move on to the toy department of life, my man. Let's get into sports. What you got? Uh, I mean, the big thing right now, well, it's weird. This is actually should be a big thing, but it kind of ain't a big thing. Aaron Judge is about to – he's on a major home run chase. He's yes. obviously – I think it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to have the American League record when it's all said and done. Yes. But really, nobody seems to give a rip. I I don't. And it's weird, but I don't care. Is that strange? No, it's not strange. Uh, people don't care about baseball. It is football season. The NBA is right around the corner. Warrior training camp. Uh, starts in a couple of days. They had their media day today, so the world champs are uh, are about to get back in action. Uh, this is a time of year where until you get to the baseball playoffs, which is still two and a half weeks away as we tape this, people don't really check for baseball. But ultimately, to me, the reason that people, we as a nation, one of the reasons we as a nation are not going crazy behind this home run chase where Aaron Judge is one away from tying the American League record, and you're right, Marcus. He's going to he's going to surpass 61 uh, yeah. uh, here in the not too distant future. But other than people just not checking for baseball anymore, like they used to back in the old days, the home run record in a single season is 73, and it was set by one Barry Lamar Bonds of the San Francisco Giants, who was using performance enhancing drugs to achieve the the, the strength and stamina to do what he did, hitting 73 home runs in a season and hitting 762 home runs to finish out his career, which, of course, is the major league record. Um, This Aaron Judge milestone is not the single season home run record. So people aren't checking for it because, well, it's not the record. If he were at 70 home (laughs) runs or if he were at 68 home runs, it would be an entirely different story. But he's at 60. He's 13. Do you think they're going to care if he hits 68, 70, 68, 69? You think they'll care then? For the high 60s, and we still, and I just, I don't think he's going to have enough time to do it. 
he's not going to have enough ABs, enough games. But if he gets to the high 60s and there's still a week of games left, then it the, the gas is going to get mashed. Absolutely. Because he will be mm. challenging, other than the all-time home run record, the most significant record in American professional sports, which is the single-season home run record. And I don't care what you think about Barry Bonds. I don't care what you think about the steroid era. And he used steroids. And Barry Bonds is not a likable guy, in my opinion. However, the record is the record. It's 73 yep. home runs. So as great of a yep. player as Aaron Judge is, and as incredible of a specimen as he is with a bat in his hand or even not in right field, with a glove on his hand, 61 home runs is significantly less than 73 home runs. Pardon me <laughs> if I don't is. excited. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not juiced up about it. I, I mean, I'm not juiced. I said <laughs> But the funny thing is, is that like years ago, when a cat would get to 50, I would be glued. It wouldn't matter what team it was. Wouldn't matter who. I mean, we I think we've gotten into this a little bit in prior episodes, but just something about baseball, I felt such a disconnect the past probably five to seven years. Just I just, I'm not as this used to be my second favorite sport. Oh, sure. Like I, I I just I don't know what it is, right? I'm just I don't care as much as I once did. It's it's uh it's a terrible television product. So you just you don't keep up with it on a day-to-day basis. You being an A's fan, you you have your reasons to not really get down with baseball because of how the A's have gone about doing their business. Um, and, and baseball has not been marketed correctly. It hasn't been marketed to people of color uh, correctly. There's a variety of reasons, and those are, are, just, uh, are just three. But, Marcus, you are not alone. I grew up um, loving baseball as, as yeah. a youngster. But I, I love baseball because I, my, my grandmother loved baseball. And then I could see baseball players who looked like me. You know, back in the day, back in the early 80s, you had, what was it, 17, 18% of Major League Baseball players were African-American, not of Latin American. The heights. They, yeah. were, they were African-American. It was black people, okay, from Oakland, yep. from Cincinnati, from yep. Pittsburgh, from L.A. Yep. Um, you don't have those people now uh so that that's why baseball doesn't have as much interest to be oh can i tell a quick story here um of course speaking of african-american baseball players i was uh at uh nbc sports bay area studios this past sunday getting ready for the niners pre and post game show which is a wild thing to say yeah. in and of itself and <laughs> i'm i'm sitting at, at a cubicle getting ready and the cubicle right next to me is dave stewart from Oakland, California. Oh, he's great. Uh, uh, just Dave Stewart, right? Stew, baby. I'm trying to keep it cool, right? <laughs> After a while, I go, oh, man, you might not ever get this chance again. So tell him what you want. <laughs> and I introduced myself. And we had, we had, I had interviewed him before. So I shouldn't say I introduced myself. He knew who I was, but the interviews I'd done with him were professional at the latter stages of his career. Uh, when he was a player agent recently, when he was trying to, when he was efforting to keep uh, the A's at the Coliseum site, but in those professional interviews, I never felt like it was right for me or professional of me to, to, to fanboy out, which is what I eventually did. 
So, you know, mm -hmm. I said to him, I go, I, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I just wanted to tell you that J.R. Richard, former Astros pitcher who passed away uh, last year, and you, Dave mm. Stewart, you were heroes to me. And those two men were the reason I tried, emphasis on the word tried, to pitch when I was a kid <laughs> because J.R. Richard was tall, slim, black man, and he threw hard. And Dave Stewart yep. had that hat pulled low, had that scowl on his yep. head. Dark-skinned brother who was who was in command of not just the mound, yep. not just the, the pitcher-batter confrontation, but he was in command of the game. And, and I told Dave, I go, you guys were, 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 were heroes to me. And they were. And he, he said, thank you. And he said, you know, it's funny you mentioned J.R. Uh, Richard because J.R. Richard was uh, uh, an influence to me. And J.R. Richard would check in on Dave Stewart to see if he was doing okay. You know, if, if he oh, was wow. doing okay, you know, just in life. But also, yeah, you got clothes. You got shoes. They were part of the Black Aces which were the African-American 20-game winners. And, and they were, you know, they were close, even you know, when J.R. Richard, you know, had some downtimes in his life and, and yeah. up until J.R. Richard died uh, uh, a couple of years or last year. And I, I, I could tell that he was getting a bit melancholy about, not, about his friend not being around anymore, you know? And I so appreciated Dave Stewart you know, let me fanboy out in front of him, but also sharing a bit of, of his, of his life, you know, and, and how J.R. Richard, uh, how much J.R. Richard meant to him. So, you know, we, you know, as I said, oh man, thank you. You know, I, I appreciate you, you indulging me. And I, I got a sense that he appreciated me, you know, sort of bringing up somebody that he cared a lot about. So I, I you know, maybe I'm just yeah. babbling here, but I just wanted to bring that story up because you know, and, and I said this on Twitter, you know, they, they always say never meet your heroes because you'll end up disappointed. To mm -hmm. me, Dave Stewart proved that that's actually bullshit. It depends on who your hero is. And Dave Stewart. Didn't yeah, he absolutely didn't disappoint me. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I, I've always heard really good. The funny thing, I never got the chance to speak to Stu. And it, that's so weird now that I think about it. Never got a chance to speak to or interview Stu. But everything I ever heard about the dude was he was loyal and he was a good guy, et cetera. Him and Ricky Henderson have that longstanding relationship. I, I mean, again, I just, the kid went to St. Elizabeth High, High School in Oakland. I'm, I'm all, I was all about Stu and Ricky, man. I love hearing that story. That's a great story, Ron. No, he was just, he, he was so gracious with his time. It was, it was absolutely awesome, and I'm glad I, I got over myself and uh, and I did that. But Dave Stewart, you know him being so. Uh, open and and inviting, uh, Dave Stewart absolutely made that happen. Uh, moving on in uh, in the sports world, uh, this is a story that is that is still breaking as we record this. Um, Ime Udoka, uh, here we go. Coach to the Boston Celtics, uh, helped lead the Celtics to an Eastern Conference Finals uh, championship and a berth in the NBA Finals, which then they were absolutely destroyed in six games by Steph Curry <laughs> and the Golden State Warriors. But M.A. Odoka uh, was thought to have a big hand along with the Celtics players in their ability to get to the finals and, and to a certain extent uh, bother uh, the Warriors on the way to the Warriors eventually winning the title. 
But things are not as rosy now for Ime Udoka as he was suspended by the Boston Celtics for a year for, you guessed it, being mad horny. Inappropriate workplace <laughs> conduct. Uh, the details have not come out, but uh, there, there is enough out there to put things together. Uh, it seems as though Ime Udoka uh, uh, either had inappropriate sexual relations with a, a an underling, so to speak, or he had inappropriate sexual relations with someone else, uh, someone in the front office. Either way, Ime Odoka got caught fishing off the company pier. Um, I will say this: two things. It amazes me how many people who don't understand, how many people, adult human beings, don't understand uh, workplace dynamics and how even a consensual sexual relationship can be problematic when a superior is having <clears throat> having sex with a, an underling. Again, just to, to use that word. Also, Ime Yodoka has had a long-standing relationship that, strangely enough, is now falling apart and has had a child with Nia Long, Debbie from Friday, <laughs> one of the finest women to ever walk God's green earth Ime Udoka, bro, what was you thinking? That's called coming up short. <laughs> hey, hey, that's called playing yourself. That's what that is. Me alone? Me alone ain't enough for you. Me alone. Okay, player. <laughs> and, and, and what what sucks, obviously it sucks for all involved. I mean, having your entire uh, world blown up in front of the public is terrible. And we, start, we got into this conversation. It's actually kind of leads to a bigger conversation. Ime and Adam Levine from uh, Maroon 5, lead singer from Maroon 5, he's busted. Dude has two kids, one on the way, and he was messing around with these Instagram models, DMing everybody, even told one of these chicks that I'm going to name my new baby after you. Oh, yo. That's nasty work right there. Man. And, and it's just... I don't, it just kills me, Rod. It, it it brings up a couple of things. the uh, The fact that this is further proof that when these dudes do these things, it absolutely has nothing to do with the woman, and it has everything to do with the guy. Because we've seen dudes cheating on Neil Long and Halle Berry and any number of knockout women, and it's all you ever say to yourself is, "I can't believe he did that." Now, some would say that woman is crazy. Okay, even if that was the case, you still laugh for some reason. So this has everything to do with you, whatever your insecurities are, whatever your you know personal indiscretions are. Who knows? But this is clearly all about you, all hey, about you. Let me let me name some sociopaths because when when you <laughs> when you are, are a person of stature. And you just out there just just dipping your wick in random bras. You're a sociopath. <laughs> Tiger Woods is a sociopath. Right? You just you, you man. You got to be a nasty sob to be picking up waitresses from Hooters, taking them behind a dumpster, pulling out sanitary products, and then getting busy, and then you know oh. just back off at the restaurant. Who was old boy that was that was married to Paula Patton, the white boy, uh, Robin Thicke? Oh, Ro Ro Robin Thicke, yeah. Patton. You just out there just catting around and Paula Patton at home, you you a sociopath. Man. Eric Benet and was 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 married Eric to Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Halle Berry ain't enough for you. 
you out there just catting around with just some of these nasty ass broads and you got Halle Berry at the crib, you are a sociopath. Email Doka, yeah, sociopath. All these dudes, what's wrong with you? True it's sociopathic so- behavior. And this something this is broken. Think of the 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 line from Robin Williams, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's God gave us two heads, but only enough blood to run one at a time. And that's he right, that's right. on a daily basis. Something is definitely broken. And the, the other part of this whole thing is that these dudes stay getting caught. Like, I, I, uh, stay getting caught. I, I'm like, listen, you regular, ordinary, everyday dudes get caught. But they don't get caught like these big star dudes. Like these big star, I don't understand. Like, you should just never do it, especially if you're a star, because you're going to get caught. I talked about this the other day. People keep the creep receipts. When you DM, DM these chicks, when you text these women, they are keeping them things and they showing them to their friends. Don't be a fool. Even if they even if they keep the secret, they gonna tell it. There's so much money to be made off you. Like, dude, if you, I'm not, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not condoning it. I'm saying don't be stupid if you're doing it. Hey, don't be this dumb. They keeping DMs. They keeping texts. They keeping yes, sir. Tactics. They keeping dresses <laughs> with, uh, you know, with human DNA on them. I just, I just, <laughs> it just don't seem to be worth it to be stepping out. But when you're something that, you just ain't seeing it like that. You just, this is uh... wild, man. Just absolutely wild behavior. So, Ime Yodoka, buy a condio, Because, <laughs> hey, listen, not only do you have a black woman mad at you, you got all the black women mad at you, and you got all the brothers going, really? You cheated on Debbie? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Some <laughs> rando? Really? Come on. He can't never walk in that oh. selfish locker room again. Because if I'm Jason Tatum, I'm looking at him like, you cheated on Debbie from Friday with some rando? Really? Oh, and you're telling me to D Let up? Let me ask you this, Rod. I ain't d up. Let me ask you this. What do you think his players think about him? Do you think it actually really bothers him at all? Or do you think it might even go, you know what? He wanted us. We got your back. And well, we'll wait I mean, till next he's, year. he's a former player, so he's always going to have yeah. that he's one of us. Uh, uh, you know, he's going to have that cachet. I think it depends on how, if, he, if he ever coaches the Celtics again, and there's a talk that he's just suspended now, but they're trying to figure out a way to, to, to fire him, you know, to give him enough money, the Celtics, to go away or just out not fire him. I mean, you, now, you know, there's an army of Boston Celtics lawyers who are trying to figure out how they could get rid of him. Because if this is a suspendable offense for a year, then you would think it's a fireable offense. But if he does come back, Udoka, I think it depends on how he handles it. Does he walk into that locker room and go, fellas, I messed up? Not not, not just because of what I did in my relationship, but also of the, the negative attention and the heat I've brought, unnecessary negative attention I've brought to this organization. Because if he does come back, the first question reporters are going to ask the players are, it's going to have something to do with what Udoka was sus- suspended for. You know what I mean? And yeah. so if yeah. he doesn't navigate that well, 
then that's going to create resentment amongst the players because they're going to go, we got to answer questions because you couldn't keep your dick in your pants. So it depends yeah, really all day, every day. and keep his job. It depends on how he handles it from the time he walks into that locker room again as the head coach of the Celtics, if that time ever happens again. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets fired, if he's fired right now, and we just don't know because we're, we're recording this episode of the podcast. Yeah, it's going to be a strange situation. This, and I would say this really probably sets the Celtics back. I don't think, I don't think they're gonna they're going to compete for a championship without him. I re, I really truly don't believe that they will. I think this sets them back legitimately, and they may have to spend another year or two looking for another coach if they try to fire Ime. And then he could turn around and sue them. Who knows? Oh, you fired me on what? There, there's nothing in this that says I would be fired. It just says suspension or whatever. Yeah, but like I said, I, I think the suspension is a prelude to an eventual. Uh, dissolving of that professional parent. Such a you know shame. I mean? Such a I, shame. I, I, I promise you there is something within his contract that 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 explicitly prohibits uh, sexual relations between either employees, even if it's a linear thing, or definitely if it's a if it's a superior and uh, and uh, and an underling. I don't know why I keep I'm stuck on that word, but you get my point. <laughs> you know, if it's a boss employee yeah. relationship. Yeah. So I, I at this point he's cooked, but he definitely yeah. cooked the crib because you know Debbie from Friday ain't trying to have. <laughs> uh, moving on to the uh, to the pop culture world, um, uh, um, another rapper, uh, young rapper, was shot and killed. Uh, not too long ago, PNB Rock, originally from Philadelphia. Oh. Uh, he was uh, in L.A. Uh, having uh, having a meal at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. His uh, girlfriend uh, went on Instagram and took a photo of the food they were having and tagged where they were. And PNB Rock, uh, not too long after that, was shot and killed. The initial report was he was shot and killed for his jewelry, but it has come out as of late that he was shot PNB Rock multiple times uh, to make sure uh-huh. he was dead. Then they uh-huh. took his jewelry. So the authorities in LA are under the impression that this was not just a, a, a robbery. This is targeted. It wasn't a random robbery. This was a targeted uh, hit. And now they are going, it was a murder. And now they are going, uh, you know, to see if PNB Rock had any beefs. They're, they're now going through his music to see if they can find anything out. And this has been uh, par for the course uh, for for young rappers here as of late. And it, it, it seems to me, Mark, that it is open season on uh, these young rappers. Uh, young Dolph uh, was killed in Memphis. There have been a couple other guys. And it, it seems to be a variety of things. It seems to be that these are, are, are beefs that are happening, uh, that are taken to their unnecessary conclusion, which ends up being someone killed. Uh, you do have instances where guys are being robbed uh, uh, for, uh, for their material possessions. Uh, and rappers are saying that uh, there's, it's just jealousy amongst their peers, jealousy amongst people in their hometown. Um, but it sure seems as if there is a problem in the hip hop community for these young rappers that they got to keep their head on the swivel, man. And, and, you know, it was, there's a, there's a guy I follow on Twitter, George Foster used to play in the NFL, went to university of Georgia, 
and he said something here that I'm going to paraphrase, uh, that, um, you know, back when we were, were coming up and hip hop was a thing, the street cats got into hip hop to get out of the street game. Well, nowadays, and I think Foster's right on with this, you got street cats getting into hip hop and they're staying yep. in that street game. And as we know, yep. the street game is a dead end game. And it seems like that's what a lot of these young hip hop cats are, are facing right now. Yeah, it's weird, man. It, there is such a difference in mindset. Um, God, you bring us some really good points, and I, it makes me really get kind of emotional about it. But I, I've spoken to so many hip-hop stars, and so many of them, at least from our generation of hip-hop, uh, they, exactly what you said. They were, like, in it to get out of the game. Even the ones who were, who came from the streets, they got into hip-hop to get out of the game, not to continue Jay-Z got out of it, right? Easy e and got out of it. Snoop got out of it. They were not interested in their life. Scarface and them, these dudes all got out of it, man. And so somewhere along the way, it just feels like it, I, I'll say this, the dudes who were in it, they got out of it because they want to get away from it, but they got it originally because they loved the art form. And now I think there's more and more dudes getting into it because it just seems like it's easy money and it's big money. And I can take this big money and put it into this uh, illegal enterprise and get even bigger money because everybody's trying to be the next billionaire, the next multi, multi, multi-millionaire without really considering the real-life consequences of some of these actions. Money does a lot of things. But one of the things that, what do they say? Uh, 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 money exposes, not you, exposes the people around you. Well, hmm. yeah, it does expose you too. Hmm. It does expose you too. If you are a person who is kind of shitty before you got the money, you're probably going to be a person who's kind of shitty when you get the money. Or if you are a person who's, it, it, yeah, it just, it kind of magnifies whoever and whatever you are as a person. And I think too many of these cats have just gotten in this game because they know they can get that money, and it's better than the dope game. Yep. It's better than the dope game. Sad, man. And it seems like it's just as dangerous as the dope game. You know, when we yeah. were when we were young and, and hip-hop was our thing, our, our, our hip-hop icons, for lack of a better way of putting it, they didn't have to worry about getting killed. They might have to worry about getting jumped. They might have to worry about yeah. the group beat down. You might have to worry about yeah. getting your truck jewelry snatched off your neck. But you ain't had to worry about somebody killing you. Yeah. Then Jam Master J got killed. And Jam Master J is a cautionary <laughs> tale, run DMC's DJ, because he was a street dude. And he was hood. He was street. And he didn't get out of that street life. And that street life is what ended up killing him. And I'm not blaming anybody for it, but we got to call it like it is. Jam Master J was still doing that street shit, and that street shit got him killed. The streets yeah, got it, it, killed. The streets got it, Biggie killed, and 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 then it seemed after that, it seemed almost expected. It seemed normalized that you could lose your life in this hip hop thing. And yo, man, that's not what that's not what anybody got into this for. Hip hop was an expression of Black inner city culture. Hip hop was fun. Hip hop was party. Hip hop was 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 braggadocio. 
hip hop was hollering at girls. Hip hop was dancing. Yeah. Hip hop was showing how fly you were or how funny you were or how smart you were. Hip hop was not how hard I am or how dangerous I am or how you should be afraid of me. And all mm -hmm. of, not all of a sudden, but it got to that point. And once we crossed that Rubicon, we, we couldn't go back. We couldn't go back. There was no, there was no, there seemed to be no room or no tolerance for the funny rapper or the goofy rapper or the socially conscious rapper or the, the, you know, the, the, just the kind of just shit talking, you know, bragging yeah. on yourself rapper. It had to be, I'm the most dangerous person here. And if yeah. you're not scared of me, then I'm going to make you scared of me. And money, money completely changed this game. Hundred percent, hundred percent. There, there's this, there's this prevailing air of menace in hip hop, and we've had it for a while. That I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm, I'm being hyperbolic when I say this, but this air of menace in hip hop is getting people killed. Just the way I look at it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, no, I think that there is definitely some validity to that. It, it's just one of the things. Again, it. it People got into this thing because of the art form itself. It is one of the reasons that the industry exploded. The difference between hip hop from our generation and hip hop as it stands now, the mainstream stuff, not the stuff that you have to search for, because there's plenty of really good stuff out there still, but the stuff that is mainstream. Once things started, certain aspects of the culture started to sell and make a bunch of money, well, that's all that these record companies wanted to sign. Yep. And ultimately, that's pretty much all that mainstream hip hop, uh, hip hop purveyors or hip hop would want to consume. They yep. want to consume that gangster shit. And I'm not mad at all of it, but I'm just, my feeling is that, yeah, I don't mind. I, I ain't gonna lie. I love some gangster shit. I love listening to old school NWA or, but I like the other stuff too. I like listening to Public Enemy. I could turn on Public Enemy and NWA and Outkast, and Tupac, and Biggie, and then Craig Mack, and then the Fresh Prince, and, and Heavy D and the Boys, EPMD, Eric B and Rakim. There was such a uh, a collection of varied and diverse sounds, perspectives, and styles of hip hop. And now, I don't want to, I hate sounding like the old guy, but I do mean this, on the mainstream side of hip hop, the stuff that is selling, the stuff that people go to these big shows to see and that's played at the big festival. All these dudes are almost indistinguishable. Yeah. They're almost all the same beats, the same flows. Almost all of it is indistinguishable. So when you get somebody who is like a Kendrick Lamar, you just, oh my God, there's still somebody out there who can't, yeah. who gives a damn. Yeah. I call it hi hat rap. It's just. How many babies are there in rap now? It's, it's, there's, there's so true. Five babies. So true. It's there's so true. That's and that's just. There's baby, baby. Like I, it's just like it's like and and I do love you know and this is this is how obsessed hip hop is with youth. It used to be your name was Kid something, okay? Kid right. Rock, Kid Rock, and Kid Rock, by the way, was a rapper. I saw him and he was yeah. rapping, rapping, okay? He was on tour with Ice Cube and Too Short back in the, the late yeah. 80s. You were kid. Then you went kid to- Kid Fresh. Kid Fresh, right? 
Fresh Kid Ice. Yeah. When you were a kid, then you went, then you had the Lil Generation. You had the Lil Wayne's and you had the Lil yeah. Such and Such or whatever. Then you remember Lil Kim. Lil Kim, right? Then it became yeah. Young, right? Yeah. You had your Young right. Miami and your, you know, your Young Thug and all of that. And young now, MC, take it all the way back. Right? <laughs> and now where are we? So we went from kid to little to young, and now we're at baby. I, and I know this is going to sound like a stand, a hack up, a hacky stand up comedian type deal. But there's only one more thing before baby on the young scale, and that's fetus. So I'd like to know the first rapper that's going to be. <laughs> Beetle K. <laughs> fetus MC. Like, what? Timeline is absolutely correct. We went from kid to little to young, spelled Y-U-N-G, to now baby. There's only one thing younger than a baby. I guess you could go infant, and then then you go, you know, <laughs> you go fetal. I, I, I just hope, I hope that uh, at some point, and this is probably kind of a spy, a pie in the sky sort of hope, but uh, like, there's so much, there's so much good stuff. Out. Like, I would be willing to say that there's more real hip-hop talent now than there ever has been in the history of the genre. Yeah, but you don't really yeah. get to ever... And, and you don't get to see or hear it because all the mainstream stuff is taken over. You have to literally get on like Spotify or Pandora and you have to go and scale and go, oh my God, I didn't know... It. Who is this person? This person is amazing. They just get steamrolled by all the mainstream crap that everybody else is in love with. Man. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I wish I wish that hip hop wasn't was hip hop's had a reason to die, you know. And I, I, I don't oh. I don't I, I don't know what's going to to fix that. Um, but you know, man, the, the ostentatious flaunting of wealth uh, and using social media to do that—that's getting people killed. That that's 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 you know we we got to be aware. We got to understand that that yes, you should be able to wear your jewelry and drive your your car anywhere you want to but you know this 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 ain't nirvana there are people out there that want to take things from you and they will kill you to do that so i just think these young hip-hop cats got to understand that you just can't be rolling around even if it is your town even if it is your hood you can't roll around people that ain't got nothing see you with something and they got the means and the desire to take it they will take it and they might kill you in the process Got, people just this shit ain't sweet out there, man. And people people gotta act uh, people gotta act accordingly. Um, I, I actually I actually got a random thought. Please. Um, why do you think so many people? What is it about this generation? And I shouldn't even say this generation because I'm on social media a lot, and I, it's 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 a disease that's catching. But everybody is so willing to spill their entire life story on social media. It's it's an amazing phenomenon. Like, listen, in this industry, doing what we do right now, when I was doing radio, it, it was expected that you share a certain part of your life with the public. It's the way to connect with people. It's the way to, to you know create a connection between you and the audience, give them something that's relatable, talk about those things. And as a producer, I will always employ personalities 
It's okay to share some of who you are. Share your real opinions. You don't have to get deep. You don't have to get specific. But do something that's going to connect. But this thing with social media where everybody is literally making a confessional, a one-minute or a three-minute confessional on every other video clip I see, it's amazing to me. I, I just... I could never dream of sharing so much of my deep inner feelings, thoughts, life with, with 7 billion people. I think it has everything to do with the, everyone on some level wants to be heard. You know what I mean? There's Hmm. some people more than others who want to be heard. And for the first time in human history, the overwhelming majority of people have the ability to have people hear them. Before you had smartphones and social media, you just had anyone who was around you. And those people could either tell you to shut the hell up, just walk away from you, mm-hmm. or they could entertain you. But you, you, you didn't have the ability to, to have m- mass number of people a big number of people, I should say, listen to what you have to say. You had to work at that. You had to actually have somebody put a microphone in front of you, put a television camera or a camera in front of you. Now you don't have to have that. Now you can live stream. And even if you're live streaming to 20 people, that's 20 more people than you had prior to you going on the live stream. You can talk to your however many mm. Twitter followers you have or, or you know, TikTok, Instagram, all, you know, all the, the usual um, social media suspects. So I think when you combine the, the natural human desire to, to have people hear what you have to say with the, the, the rise in ubiquitousness of social media, you put those two, two things together, you have now people who go, well, I have this ability to say what I want to say and let people know what I think, and I'm going to do that. And now you have people, you know, you have a generation or two now who know nothing but the 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 ability to share one's thoughts and desires over social media. They don't think there's anything wrong with it, mm. you know? So it's just, it's yeah. just a matter of, I, I, it just, it goes back to people want to be heard. And we, you know, the yeah. two of us, we're lucky enough that we we made a career out of broadcasting. Why? Because we wanted people to hear what the hell we had to say. <laughs> we just did it in an old school analog way. We're not we're not unusual. There are millions, billions of people just like the two of us. Now, just like yeah. the two of us, you have the ability with a microphone and a computer, and an internet connection, you can do a podcast. You can do it by yourself, or you can do it with a buddy of yours that lives halfway across the country in New Orleans. Like <laughs> Very well stated. <laughs> Very well stated, yeah. Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. It's, it's, it's just, it's folks have just become consumed with, there's a lot of, I want to be a social media influencer, but like, even the woman who came out and expose Adam Adam Levine. She mm-hmm. did that all on a TikTok video. I'm like, wow, like you, I I, just, I, just, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine doing that. Speaking of TikTok, and I know you down with TikTok. You need to answer mm-hmm. for your TikTok people. 
<laughs> and there have been a bunch of dumbass TikTok challenges. Okay. Yes, uh, there have been. <laughs> I think the cinnamon challenge predated TikTok, but I'm going to go ahead and lump it in there anyway. The cinnamon challenge. Oh, my God. People eating Tide Pods. That's definitely a TikTok thing. The newest one is the stupidest one. And I want people to do it. Because if yeah. you to do this, then you should do it. And do it quickly. So you're not <laughs> oxygen on this planet. People are now cooking on TikTok chicken in NyQuil. Yes. People are getting NyQuil, <laughs> pouring it into a pot, putting chicken in it, and cooking it. Yeah. Oddly enough, yeah. people are saying, doctors are saying, you shouldn't do this for no reasons. <laughs> and also, even if you just cook it and like you put your face over the pot, like if you, I didn't know this, if you cook medicine, you change the properties of it. So something that could be relatively benign, like NyQuil, if you heat it up and cook it, you could change the chemical properties of it, and it could go from benign to deadly real quick. Marcus, explain your TikTok people. You all over TikTok, why do y'all do such dumb shit like cooking chicken NyQuil? Clearly, this is a young people thing. No, nah, nah, uh, nah, nah, grown folk. It, dog. Nah, don't be ain't like no, ain't, crazy kids are doing it. Nah, nah, nah. Ain't no, ain't no grown folks. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no grown folks cooking no chicken and those like. Because here's the thing: why would I worse waste a perfectly good chicken on some Nyquil? That's insane. Why would I waste? A it's bad enough. Nyquil on chicken. <laughs> That's true too. Sure. <laughs> That's, it don't make no sense. Every time one of these things comes up, it just blows me away. Just God, we are we are such a dumb people. I mean, just 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 dumb. We are just dumb. It's like whenever you see, it's like whenever you watch like like one of those jackass movies or something like that, and it's always this, 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 uh, the disclaimer: don't try this at home. Like you really got to tell people this shit. It's insane. Like, God, people are. People are stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. Chicken, it, actually, dog. And, and they're calling if it, you, they're calling it sleepy chicken. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be sleeper. <laughs> actually, if you, if you don't mind, this actually helps me segue into the juice segment. Yes, yes, yes. Because. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> It's it's I it's so weird. I hate to talk about this dude, but god damn it, he can't he he has such a hold of the culture right now. But Donald Trump never heard of it. In spite in spite of everything we know factually right now, in spite of what's going on with the multitude of court cases against him, all his legal problems just keep piling up. He's being sued by the state by the state of New York finally for fraud. Uh, and that's probably going to turn into another criminal case. The January 6th committee is probably going to come after him. Uh, and now we've got him with the classified documents over Mar-a-Lago. And I'm certain that there will be other things. All of this is happening on. And by the way, by the way, all of this is factual. This is not a witch hunt. This is all being done by the book legally. So no one can even say it's a witch hunt because it's literally being done by the book 
even with judges that right. he appointed. And it's being done in public, even, all being done above board. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't understand how I'll ask you the question. In spite of all that, I just saw yesterday, statistically, his support has barely ticked a little. He still enjoys about 40% support from the country. And even in those 40%, a good chunk of that 40% believes, literally believes, that he has done wrong, he has committed crimes, and they still support him. What the fuck does this say about us as Americans? I think it says that we really aren't as smart and as above board as we truly believe we've been. We're not the moral compass that we try to tout ourselves to be to the rest of the world. But what do you think? Yeah, you. there's over 300 million people in this country. You're going to have some stupid ones. You know what I mean? And we, we have, and this has been purposeful by, uh, this has been purposely done by conservatives. We have devalued education. We've devalued learning. We've devalued um, being open to new experiences and being open to yeah. new ideas from people that maybe we don't have a lot in common with. We have we have promoted ignorance. We have. Yes. We, 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 have, we have gone headlong with the conservatives driving this bus. We have gone headlong into dumb is strength. And the dumber you are, the louder you are. And idiocracy. Yes. And where we are right now is, is the, the eventuality of all of that. And hopefully it doesn't get worse. Um, but we, th this has been 40, 50 years in the making. This is why the public school system in the United States of America is in the position it's in, because this has been a systematic uh, process done by conservatives over the last to, to, to strip away the, the, the meaningfulness of free public education for everyone. Because if you get enough dumb, poor people, you could get them to do what you want. And this is where we are uh, right now. We have people who, who tend to think that just because you're rich or you give the impression that you're rich, then you must be smart. So we're going to follow you. Well, we know that's not true. The National Football League and its 32 owners prove that on yeah. a basis. Um, it's, we, 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 have, we, we have devalued and we have thought of, of teachers and educated people, we have devalued them. They are not important, but we have placed too much importance on celebrity. Yep. Um, you combine all of that and more, you <clears throat> get what you have right now. A group of people who know that the person that they are following is not of a high moral character. They know that he's full of shit. But it doesn't matter because he's their guy. And yep. tribalism, along with devaluing education and the other things I mentioned, tribalism, which is us versus them, you introduce mm -hmm. that into the mix. And they, with the, the, politics right now is definitely tribalism. Okay. It's conservatives versus oh, yeah. them. It's us versus them. Yep. You add tribalism into the mix, 
like it's a fucking game, like it's a football game, when you add that into the mix, it just makes an already toxic mix. It makes it, it makes it deadly, quite frankly. And that's where we are right yeah, now. Man. That's how you end up with January 6th. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, so, yes, sir. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's, you, you got, you know, and the stupidest people are the loudest people, man, a lot of the times. And, and what we need to do, and maybe this is happening right now, and maybe we will see it, you know, on, on election day in November, it's time for the smart people to get loud too. It's time for the smart yeah. people to get rowdy, rowdy, and bowdy, bowdy. It's time for the people who go, no, I believe in science, even though I'm not a doctor. It's time for those people yeah. to be just as loud as the ignoramuses who like to show up at school board meetings and and want to try and ban books. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. So when so you get, you got to fight fire with fire. I'm 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 a firm believer yeah. in that. There used to be consequences for being terrible, to being a terrible. I mean, yeah, there you, used to be consequences for, for just being divorced. You couldn't be a politician. Right. <laughs> I right. mean, and now right. Donald Donald Trump, he can have a gazillion mistresses. He can literally be scamming people out of money like he was doing during the entire four years he was in office. He once said he could go out in the middle of Times Square and shoot somebody in the face and not lose a single supporter, and I'd be damned if this dude wasn't right. No. I mean, literally, the only way this starts to change – yeah. The only way this starts to change is if there are some consequences being paid. There've got to be some consequences paid, and that means somebody like Trump actually being put in cuffs and taken to jail. No other politician in modern American history, maybe even ever in American history, has so aggressively courted the dumbasses of our population like the former president. No one, no one, yeah. Even the worst retrograde conservative Republicans would run away. Remember the Tea Party yep. when it first started and how mm-hmm. conservative Republicans are like, these people are batshit insane. They would they, they <laughs> nothing to do with the Tea Party. Not this guy, not these people. Yep. They went, no, these are our people. And they courted them. And now they can get them to do basically anything they want to do. They can get them to do their bidding. No other president, no other politician, no other politicians, except the ones that are right now doing it in the Republican Party, no others have courted the idiots of the United States of America like these people.